What's up, y'all? This is John and Mike, back for another episode of the Nothing Finer Podcast. And today, we are talking about everything for Week 2, Georgia Ball State, a few other games, and we possibly have someone from the Longhorn Republic podcast coming on and talk to us about that Texas-Alabama game. That part's still up in the air, so we will wait on the Texas-Alabama talk. But first... What are you drinking tonight? Still, uh, still, I'm at handle of Southern Comfort. I'm probably going to be out by by Saturday, trying to keep it keep it low because this this uh, the hurricane weekend, extended weekend that we had, um, hit the bottle a little bit harder than I would typically do. <laughs> and then you know, combine that with with football, I was I, I was pretty tired like most of this work work week so far. But I got a little bit of SoCo in me. How about you? So, with us still potentially having the um, guy from the Longhorn Republic on, I figured I would do a recycle and hit this still Austin single barrel cast strength again. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, Austin's one of my favorite cities that I've ever been to, so showing them a little bit more love. Certainly. I'm definitely on my bucket list of places to go to. Let's go next year for the game. I'm gonna have to sell a lot of plasma to get out there and and get some, get into some like witchcraft to get the okay to go to that. Feet picks. I'd love to. What's up? Feet picks. You um, know what? The market's pretty bare on that right now. Um, I will say another way you can get out there is by. Using our special offer from BetUS, 125% bonus and 30 risk-free bets if you follow our link. Go on there, follow our bets, and you'll have enough. You will definitely have enough money to make that trip to Austin next year for the game. Yeah, especially you coming in 5-1 and one last week. Hopefully we can keep that good uh, that good uh, juju going. I will say I'm feeling, feeling pretty good about this week. Um... You know, we, we have a lot more, a lot more picks this week than we did last week, but yes, we that's going to get more information. Um, I'm certainly extremely excited about what's going on this week in the world of college football. Um, mm-hmm. Also, I didn't mention this up about what I was drinking. No, man, I um, I found out the worst way to discover that a breaker on a 220 volt line is not working. And that is by touching the wire. Um, I currently have a big white mark across my hand from where I got burnt by 220 volts. So it's not like a lightning bolt, like so you can claim like your Harry Potter or something like that. No, I got a big white mark on the palm of my hand. It's actually it actually still hurts. Would not recommend. <laughs> and out of ten, would not recommend. Yeah, breaker was off. I don't. I guess it's just broken. Um, so that that's fun. That's a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Damn. Did you just did you just do that or was that between was uh between takings? Oh shit. Yeah, it was at work today. You know, shit happens. Work. <laughs> I'm lucky I I touched it with an open hand though. Mm-hmm. If I'd have grabbed onto it, it's possible that I, my hand would not have let go, and that would have been very not good. Um, very not good yeah yeah yeah. so you know positive is um that didn't get hurt 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, it could have been a lot worse for sure. Could always be worse. And when it can't get you gotta stay worse, grounded. That's what I, that's what I know talking about electricity. You gotta stay grounded. And when it can't get worse, it can only get better. It's one of my favorite uh <laughs> one of my favorite quotes. All yeah. right. So let's get into this week in college football. We're gonna start with Georgia off the top. And we're gonna do similar things like we did last week, this week. Um talk about things we want to see happen during this game and I feel like we actually have more to go off of this week because neither of us was very excited about last week's game um yeah so defensively the thing I want to see the most this week putting more pressure on the quarterback and I know that when Georgia tried to do that last week it didn't really work out well because Kincaid Dent also, wildest spelling of Kincaid I've ever seen in my life. So it looks like kinkied. But anyways. Um, hey. He was a threat with his legs. And the few times Georgia tried to rush him, he made him pay. Which is oftentimes why you don't see Kirby all-out blitz dual-threat quarterbacks. But here's the good news. Neither quarterback that took snaps last week for Ball State is anywhere close to a threat on the ground. One of them had four carries for two yards. One of them had one carry for negative four yards. So that's I think so that means that we had more rushing yards last week than the uh, Ball State boys, or the quarterbacks at least. Yes, yes. Um, by not stepping on the field, we overachieved compared to the Ball State quarterbacks on the ground. We we both had more rushing yards than like Reggie, isn't like negative eight. <laughs> so shout out to us. You know Heisman contenders, some would say. Yeah, yeah. I, some would say. I'd give it back without a fight, though, because I definitely don't deserve it. <laughs> I mean, I would definitely take a house if uh, Georgia or someone else had bought that for me instead of a trophy. That's just me, though. Oh, facts. 100%. All right, so the thing I want to see on offense, I want to see more of an emphasis on explosive plays, whether it's through the run game or the passing game. This week, Marcus Rosemey Jack Saint is back. Potentially Jackson Meeks is back. On top of the guys last week. I mean, obviously Makai Muse had a good day. Brock Bowers is a freak of nature and always has a good day. Um, Dylan Bell showed a lot of good things last week. I, Georgia's not hurting in the potential to have explosive plays category on offense. They're hurting in the experience of making explosive plays on offense. And I think this week that having a couple guys back, uh, I haven't heard any news on Ladd as of right now. Um, Mm. But still, I think having a few more guys. um, Dajan Edwards could possibly be back this week, but I think he's probably going to be held out until that South Carolina game. But... Mm-hmm. there's a good potential for the offense to be more in sync when it comes to 20 plus yard plays. And that's what I want to see. Yeah. Those big chunk plays is something that we, I mean, there was obviously a couple in that last game, but not, not nearly as many as we were accustomed to last year. But I don't know if you saw this. I, can, I cannot remember for the life of me, but I, I think I turned off the app like right when I saw it, but somebody said that, that Georgia should be more worried about their skill position guys. And I'm like, I, I mean, obviously there are some people hurt, but I, I think that's one area that I'm not, I'm really not concerned about at all. I, but 
Um, I'm much more concerned smarter. about running back than anything yeah. else. Like mm-hmm. level of concern yeah, on running back receivers be... is is maybe a two without lab. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Tight ends negative five. Mm-hmm. Running backs is probably. A well, I like lucky to be right lucky to be there. Yes. Yeah. That would be a big a big help, but Oscar Dell played you know played good. He had a touchdown in the last game, but. Uh, so a couple things that I want to see both on the offensive side of the ball, because the defense did, I mean, when starters were out there, they played really well. Um, like for the most part, you know, limiting, uh, UT Martin, but just a few things. Um, I do want to see the offensive will, uh, more often or more frequently than they did last week. And like you alluded to a little bit ago, the running back room health is not great. Um, as you know, we talked about the last few weeks. Uh, but the fact that the the running backs that we did have out there had as many struggles, you know, getting or the offensive line had as many as many struggles getting a push uh, consistently uh, was uh, concerning, especially against the FCS team. Um, Ball State should be better than that. I mean, they're kind of a middle of the road pa- uh, MAC team anyway, but, but and the MAC isn't what they used to be even 10, 15 years ago. But um, I do want that offensive line to get more of a push more consistently on the uh, you know, run blocking. And then second, and, you know, I, I've, I've gotten more comfortable with Carson Beck and, you know, come off the, you know, off the ledge with him after the first half, especially, you know, let it breathe a little bit. But I do want to see him be more accurate um, in this game. So his decision-making was not bad. I mean, Kirby talked about that in the you know post-game and then during the week and all that. Um you know, he checked down when he should have. I mean, he didn't really take any unnecessary risks or anything like that. I think he did have one one ball that probably could have been picked, but um, I mean, he was outside. He was he was fine. Besides that, but he had a few uh, pretty open guys. There was an Arian Smith one down the middle. Um, he missed uh, Dominic Lovett. I mean, he more or less dropped it too uh, in the end zone, but bit more accurate, you know, like, again, like we talked about before, this is first start of any kind, you know, since his senior year in high school. So he's going to have some rust. Obviously he's been practicing and all that. Um, now he has some tape to look at and got, hopefully got those, uh, you know, cobwebs shaken off, butterflies out of his stomach, all that. Um, but, you know, as we get more into, into the more, more uh, difficult part of the schedule, hopefully he gets more and more comfortable. Cause again, like we said last week and before Stetson wasn't, TCU game Stetson his first start either so first like playing time like real uh of uh, consequence so it'll get better I agree all right so let's go ahead and move on to Ole Miss who is a seven point favorite at Tulane once again down in the Big Easy Mm. over under on this game is sixty seven last time we checked um. It was 67, I should say. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So last week, Ole Miss dropped 73 points on Mercer. Dart had a an insanely good day for his standards. Um, mm-hmm. 334 yards, four touchdowns, 18 to 23 passing, in addition to 39 yards on the ground. One of my favorite quarterbacks in college football, Spencer Sanders, also had a good day, 8 of 14 for 134 yards and two touchdowns. Tulane also had a good week last week, uh, beating South Alabama 37-17. Michael Pratt had almost 300 yards and four touchdowns, 
and almost two wide receivers, almost had two wide receivers, go over 100 yards apiece. Yeah, one of them had like 115, and the other one had 94. So it was it was close. Very close. For both. Yeah. Um. So, for me, I know I am later on board, but I still did manage to jump onto the lane train right as it was leaving the station for 2023. I think take the Rebels minus seven and take the over. Fun fact, the over has hit in Tulane's last six games. Ooh, that's a fun fact. Very fun fact. So you're going, you're taking the over as well? Over, and I'm taking Ole Miss minus seven. Okay. So uh, for me, I mean, I'm pretty much on the the you know same train of thought for you, the lane train of thought, if you will. Um, I, as we've talked about at at nauseum, I've been on the uh, Ole Miss train, you know, in the Grove, drinking out of my red Solo cup, the Kool Aid, continuously for the Rebs, with my Sperry's, my pastel colors, all that, um, my Bama bangs if I had them, um, <laughs> but. <laughs> my my receding Bama bangs, but um, I'm I'm with you there. I'm on the uh, Ole Miss. I think it's at seven, either seven or six and a half now. But even at seven and a half, I'm still taking that. Uh, I'm not as confident in the over, even though you just said that Tulane's last six overs have hit. Sixty-five and a half is a pretty good amount, and we again Tulane played South Alabama last week, so I mean, still put up thirty-seven points themselves, but. I think Ole Miss, I, I, for their sake, they better have a better defense than South Alabama. So I'm not going to touch the over-under on that, but I'm with you on the 7.5 for Ole Miss. So here's kind of my position on why I'm taking the over. Okay. It is much more that I have confidence in Ole Miss's offense than I do in pretty much anything else. I think that if you're giving up 17 points to South Alabama, then you can give up 50 points to Ole Miss. And I don't know if Ole Miss's defense is good enough to stop you from getting 17 points. Mm -hmm. So, like, the the score would suggest, I mean, even if it was, you know, close-ish, I mean, what they're saying, what, 30, you know, mid thirties to maybe upper twenties, something like that. Uh, I mean, that's definitely doable, but I don't know. It just, I, I'm not super confident in the, in the over in that, even though I'm probably going to be wrong, <laughs> but we'll see. It's just, it's just a feeling more so than anything. Yeah, no, I, I get you. I, I understand. I just, man, when I, when I got on the lane train, I got all in period, point mm-hmm. blank period. The over on that. All right. All right. So Texas A&M is going to Miami as four and a half point favorites with the over under at 51 and a half. And last week, the Canes beat the other Miami in the Confusion Bowl 38 to three. And it didn't feel like a 35 point win. It wasn't wasn't great. It wasn't very attractive, very similar to how Georgia beat UT Martin. Um, A&M, on the other hand, beat New Mexico State 52-10. to 10, And 
Bobby Petrino had the offense looking like what we expected them to look like last year. You could say it was a uh, supercharged Honda motorcycle, if you will. Kawasaki, uh, something. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, no, he it it looked like a um. You know what? We'll say it looks like a Hayabusa that needed a tune-up. <laughs> feel like feel like that's a solid, solid uh, comparison there. So, um, so are you are you are you hopping on the bike of the, uh, on the back of that bike? Well, I don't ride bitch for anybody. <laughs> Not even like a sidecar. No. Mm -mm. No, I would rather drive my drunk ass on the motorcycle than. Uh, <laughs> Well, first off, be on a motorcycle with Bobby Petrino. We're being talking, talking about Ball State. I just want to give a message to any Florida fans out there who might be listening because I know how you um, – Oh, man, that was too fun to watch. All right, let's talk about Ball State, shall we, for stadium. And face the number one team in the country, the back-to-back -back national champion, got the Bulldogs. Okay. All right, and so, it's not even because you weren't the team we wanted to uh, face. With that, so we wanted I to face somebody who's actually capable with you of winning with the, football uh, games, not somebody who's had seven out of eight losing seasons in a conference that makes the Sun Belt look like the No, that's not what you should be the opportunity, and he certainly did. be scared because last feels like a game – or the game uh, Texas A&M had against New Mexico feels like a game they would have had last year that they would have struggled like mightily like they did against Sam Houston and then obviously against Ab State where they lost. But I'm super confident in A&M. Fortnite on that, in Miami, I don't know if you saw this, but uh, Miami is doing a BOGO right. indictment on that nobody wants to see Georgia Tech play even in Miami because obviously there's tons more to do and that stadium sucks for college football. I was about to say, to be fair, the stadium is like 45 minutes away from the actual campus, mm -hmm. and it's there's nothing around it. Yeah, I mean, the the actual – it's too bad that the actual Orange Bowl itself was torn down and that we got a, a Marlins stadium that nobody goes to. My it's unfortunate. Not not known for the best decision makings. Nope. I, it is a, a – yeah, I mean – they did win two world titles, though, and completely started over all, all over again. But yeah, City Miami, not not just in general, not good for uh, decision making for government officials, owners, visitors, all that, college players, all that. But uh, yeah, I'm taking A and M uh, to cover that four and a half. I, I feel very confident in that, and then I'm also going to do you one better and go with the over on that. The over again is uh, 51 and a half. So again, I. I don't know why. I do feel more confident in this. Tyler Van Dyke, I think he did play better-ish in that uh, the Miami Bowl last week. But between the two of them, I think that A&M is really going to show out. And this is going to be more or less a, a coming-out party uh, for them, hopefully. For their sake, it needs to be. Yes, for their sake. Um, personally, I have... I've got the A&M cover on this. I think I'm all in on A&M. I, you know, I think it could be a 14-point spread, and I would till, still take A&M. Um, I just don't think Miami has a chance against a defense that played as good as they have in hmm. College Station. I don't necessarily like the 51-and-a-half because I do still, for some reason, respect Miami. Um hmm. It's kind of kind of odd considering how well they played last year, even though Tyler Van Dyke was injured. Mm -hmm. 
might regret not taking the over there, but I definitely have A&M minus the four and a half. Like I said, it could be 14 and a half. I'd probably still take A&M. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm with you there. And I, and I'm probably still going to uh, going back to the two lane game. God, you're making me really want to take the over, but just for the sake of being different, I'm not going to touch it for the uh, two lane old miss because <laughs> we agreed on a decent amount of this stuff. So just for so, the sake of our, I know one we're not going to disagree on here. And that is Nebraska at Colorado somehow, mm-hmm. some way. Colorado is only favored by three and a half points. I don't necessarily understand it, but the over/under is fifty-nine and a half. And Colorado last week, even though they had a few turnovers, managed to beat TCU by forty-five to forty-two. I will say, shocked a lot of people. Did not necessarily shock us because we told you guys in like April or May that Colorado was going to be a lot better this year. Mm-hmm. You should have listened to us. Should have. Could have made a lot of money. I I hate to say it all the time, but we are right a lot more than we're wrong, you know. <laughs> knock on wood. Yeah, knock on wood. I can't do it too loud. The dogs will go crazy. Um, <laughs> so, Nebraska, entirely other end of the spectrum, uh, lost yet another one-possession game to Minnesota. As uh, as only as only they could. Mm-hmm. You still got that Scott, Scott Frost stank on them. I don't. Take a what's wild is if you flipped every one possession game that Nebraska's lost over the last three years, they would be one of the best teams in college football. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's insanity. Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna take some time to get the that stank off of all the corn over there in uh, in Lincoln. So they got some ergot going on with all that. Yeah, yeah, they ain't trying to eat the corn the long way now. You never know. Um, <laughs> Maybe Big Red. That that fucking mascot is creepy. Most mascots are creepy, if we're being honest. But that blow up one, it has even less of a soul than the uh, the Georgia blow up one that they have at the basketball games. I don't know if it can get worse than Clemson's mascot. The geeked out tiger. Bro, they got that tiger out of a trailer part that had a few too many trailers blow up from a lab, if you know mm-hmm. what I mean. Got that glaucoma. The, the liver it failure, too. Yeah. Got that Michael Jordan yellow eyes, too. Scary. All right. So I am taking Colorado to cover, and I am taking the over. And did a little bit of extra research on this one. If you do a same game parlay, plus 260 odds, I think I'm doing it. You know, I, I have the confidence. Mm-hmm. Me, I'm, I'm definitely confident on Colorado to, to, uh, to cover that three and a half. Especially, again, even if it, I think it may have gone down a little bit, but even then, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm good with that. Uh, especially with it being Colorado's first uh, home game in the Dion era, they're going to be uh, everybody is going to be pumped. I don't know. You may have seen this, maybe not, but the uh, I think the like the, the the price for you like an average the average price to go to all the Colorado games last year was like two hundred and sixty bucks. Like 
I guess if you want to go to like, you know, on average, all the games, this game against Nebraska is like 450 or 460 or something like that. Good average man. ticket for a regular season game <laughs> that ultimately may not mean a whole lot to uh, either program, especially if they don't go bowling. But I think we're both, you know, again, pretty high on, uh, on Colorado after last week. But um, I'm on, uh, I'm definitely on Colorado to, to go to uh, cover that. I should say the, the, the uh, over part of it or, you know, under for that matter, I'm not too confident in. I feel like that score is going to be right around that 60 point mark. And I'm not super, super confident. So if, even if it's like, you know, 33, 29 or something like that, that, you know, that's a weird score that be right around that. It feels like it would be something like that. I can't see Colorado going off just like that. I mean, Nebraska is still a big 10 defense, even though they're not known as a defensive team or really an anything team. But <laughs> I'm, I'm definitely, I'm definitely on the, uh, the Rado buffs uh covering that three and a half so here is why i am all in on colorado massively covering and winning the game or and hitting the over and i'm about Mm. to pull the uh about to pull the stats up as soon as i can find it here i should have put it in the doc but asking me to be prepared is a little too much sometimes for what it's worth, I struggled to write anything <laughs> for this. I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. We'll do it live. I'll figure it out. <laughs> so I'm getting it. I'm getting it. I promise. All right. Last week against a not great Minnesota team, right? Mm-hmm. Minnesota's not great. They hadn't been in a they're, few years. They're, they're Minnesota. They're mid. That is exactly what they are. Mm-hmm. Jeff Sims. You guys yeah. remember him. He was a Georgia Tech quarterback. And if you listen to our Nebraska episode about why they should be better this year, he was mentioned quite a few times. Mm-hmm. Um, not very capable of throwing forward passes, as we all know. Mm-hmm. Would you like to take a guess at how many interceptions he threw against a not great Minnesota defense? I'm going to go two. Three. Okay. That was my second guess. <laughs> he threw three interceptions against a mid defense. Mm-hmm. Yesterday, or last week, Chandler Morris, who people will forget this, started over Max Duggan for two seasons. Oh, yeah. Good point. Yeah. Through two interceptions to this Colorado defense. So, I really, truly, to my core, think Jeff Sims has at least three or four interceptions once again. Mm-hmm. And he's going to turn the ball over in their end of the field. Mm-hmm. And that is going to be one of the reasons that Colorado scores 40-plus points. I mean, that's, you know, uh, you know, field position, all that's definitely going to play a big part of it. But I think just if they, you know, go back and watch the tape, they, um, the TCU student section was yelling at, at a TCU to throw it at Travis Hunter and like right when they did that, I don't know if you saw that video, but he, you know, intercepted it, you know, jumped, jumped the route and all that. And they just fell fucking silent. They were 
devastated. So hope, I'm I'm hoping that Minnes- that uh, Nebraska takes note of that and they don't throw it near Travis Hunter. I don't. I want to hit the over. I want Colorado to cover. <laughs> I want my bet to hit. Um, I want to be fun. It's no fun taking unders. But also, the Nebraska defense is not great at stopping the pass. A mid-Minnesota quarterback who, if I'm being honest, can't even pronounce his name. First well, Minnesota, Minnesota only had 13 points. I mean, he, I mean that's below he average. Had 200 for... yards passing. Yeah. No, not good by any means, but even like point-wise, I mean, they struggled mightily to do anything. I mean, a, a touchdown, two field goals, not great. Now, um, it's definitely, I mean, Minnesota's not going to be a ton better than that, but I don't expect them to be like Iowa levels on offense. No, but I, I think it was a lot more Minnesota's offense than Nebraska's defense. And like I said, I'm – Take Colorado to cover, take the other, over, Hmm. cover, and over. Same game parlay that shit. Get yourself those plus 260 odds, and let's make some money. Trying to make some real motherfucking money. Yeah, we're trying to get Mike to Austin with me. Let's go. (laughs) Y'all could always, you know, Venmo us or anything like that, too. That would work. That would be fun. It would be. It would be a lot of fun. Yeah. Um. So, moving into my bandwagon team, we are going to cover Alabama, Texas. We're still waiting on a potential uh, guest here in a minute, so we're going to do that at the very end. Um, my bandwagon team. I personally, okay, I should probably say the line before I pull this part. Washington, thirty-four point favorites, over under sixty-four and a half. I personally do not bet on lines over three or four possessions. Um, I prefer money line at that point because once the second or third string guys come in, it's really a crapshoot. Like you don't you don't know what you're getting because the mm. other team's probably going to leave their starters in. So, you know, word of advice: if it's 26, 25, 26 points or more, do not put money on that cover. Point blank. Period. That's just a hundred percent what I think, and uh, I just—it's stupid to me. But anyways, the money line bet isn't even an option on Bet USS for this game because of how lopsided it's going to be. Mm-hmm. So if I don't bet on spreads of more than twenty-five, twenty-six points, I can't bet the money line. My other option is the over, which I am absolutely positively taking. Okay. Last week, Tulsa, 42 points. Last week, Washington, 56 points. You're telling me the over-under is 64.5 with a Boise State team that has very often threatened Power 5 teams. Over 64.5. I do really think that Washington wins and has a very good shot at covering, but I am in no way, shape, or form taking a decent look at that spread. So officially, you're you're um, just for the sake of record keeping, you're taking the over on that. Yes. 100%. Okay. Sounds good. Cool. Cool. All right. So uh, so going on to my bandwagon team, we got 
of course, mine is Texas Tech, but we'll get into that in a second. But uh, Oregon's a seven-point favorite at Texas Tech in uh, Lubbock. Lubbock, sorry. Uh, over/under is at sixty-seven, even uh, there. So, as y'all probably know, Oregon put up an insane eighty-one points last week against FCS Portland State, while Texas Tech, um, after having a seventeen-point lead, blew it in double overtime against uh, Wyoming up there in Laramie, Windy S, uh, Laramie. Ask uh, ask Florida about playing in the uh, elevation. Wyoming even more the than elevation. that. They had those they had those uh, Shark Tank boost oxygen masks on the side. There's no way it was the elevation. No, no, no way. All that, but I, it, but uh, nonetheless, uh, they uh, they lost the game that I thought they were gonna they were gonna win. I did take Wyoming to cover that one, which you know I, I split the difference on that, but. Um, one thing that we don't know about Oregon is what the defense is made out of. Obviously, again, they took they they played against the FCS team last week, gave up seven points, um, and you know you know played well. But again, when your offense is you know scoring pretty much every or really every single possession, I don't know how much of a, a fight you're going to get after that. If it's like you know fifty points at halftime, you're down by. So um, yeah, you don't really know what the defense is necessarily made out of. Um, quite yet because they you know to go from portland state to playing someone like texas tech with as good of an offense as they had like it's definitely going to be a, a shock to the system for uh for the ducks but you know dan landing defensive coach should be okay there but uh for what it's worth and i don't know i didn't write it in there but um i am gonna take the over on that because i'm again i'm not confident in I, I want Texas Tech to win, of course, as they were my bandwagon team. But I'm going to go with the over that over 67 because I do think, you know, if both teams score around 35 again, which is definitely possible, both of them, of course, did at least that last week. Uh, Texas Tech, I think, scored exactly 35. Uh, they should be able to cover that, uh, no problem. So yeah, I'm going to go the uh, the over on that. So over 67. You're not taking Oregon to cover. No, I don't feel. <laughs> especially after the letdown last week, I don't, I don't think it's going to necessarily be like a big, you know, margin there. I mean, seven points, if it, if it were like seven and a half, or I'm sorry, six and a half, I may do it, but I want to, you know, I want to, I don't want to push necessarily for that. I want to have a clear winner or loser there, but um, I'm just going to go the over there. I don't feel comfortable telling anybody to, to place any significant money on, on a, a spread there, but the over I'm definitely confident in that over 67. All right. I think it's time to get to Texas versus Alabama. And I think that I have some probably controversial takes about this game. I've called it all off season. I think Texas goes into Tuscaloosa and wins. Mm-hmm. I do not think that only a 37-10 win over Rice really changes any of that. And I definitely don't think Alabama beating uh, beating Middle Tennessee really changes anything about that because everything that's said in the offseason still stands true. Mm-hmm. So, Quinn Ewers, 260 passing yards, three touchdowns. Right? All right. Yeah, all right. Mm-hmm. Um, Texas running backs combined for 158 yards. Missing Bijan. Texas recovered one fumble. 
Texas had two sacks, four passes defended, five tackles for loss, two interceptions, and they averaged 21 yards of punt return. Alabama. They proved nothing. Because what did Jalen Milrow do? Right? This is where this is where it's gonna get a little controversial if you don't agree with me here. Jalen Milrow threw a total of 18 passes. He was their leading rusher. Yes, he had three touchdowns through the air. Cool. It's no problem. But when your quarterback is a leading rusher and has less than 50 yards, there might be an issue. Like, mm-hmm. it might just be that your quarterback is not good and you played a bad team. Mm-hmm. I'll go to, like, real quick. I know you're, I'll, I'll let you finish that. So, like, no, going go it so one of the things if if any of you guys remember uh, college football back in the early 2010s late yeah i guess it was early 2010s um michigan's quarterback denard robinson noted last uh cover athlete for ncaa uh, 14 so Go coming up on that. the tenure yeah oh for for real best uh best football game ever um he always won the september september heisman because he would do exactly what jalen milrow did he would, I mean, just dominate these directional schools, max schools, FCS schools, and all that. And just run all fucking over them. Put up 400, 500 all-purpose yards and just just make it look silly. Like, if you go back and watch Denar Robinson's very first play that he had at Michigan when he was on the field, same thing Jalen Milrow did in that uh, Middle, Tennessee's, uh, Middle Tennessee game where he, in the shotgun, took the snap, fumbled it, bounced up, picked it up, and just ran like, what was it? I think Denard, it was like a 40-something yard run, so close to what Milrow did there. Um, I mean, they're really the same quarterback. Milrow is a little bit bigger, but, yeah, he's going to look great against mid-teams or worse, especially mid-dull Tennessee State. Um, but, yeah, he. I mean, he he's, it reminds me a lot of Denard Robinson. He can probably throw it a little bit better than Denard, but he'll, he'll look mid to worse teams look silly so another reason that I am still high on Texas and to be fair it might be crack high you know just just throwing that out there Alabama's going to be without three defensive backs they were all injured and even if they mm-hmm. are in this game they're not going to be 100% Mm-hmm. And I really think that te- that Alabama would rather have this game later in the season. I think it sucks for them that it is early in the year when they're still figuring out their offense, when they're still figuring out their defense, when they have a bunch of injuries and the guys that are going to be coming in are not as good. Mm-hmm. I... Texas, I've still got them winning, so obviously I have them covering. Mm-hmm. Mm. I'm going to take the under. Under? Okay. I, so under 54 and a half? 
I don't want to take either over or under on this one if I'm being entirely honest with you. Mm-hmm. I I just I don't I don't want to take anything. <laughs> but last year was a twenty to nineteen win where Alabama got the benefit of the referees to win that game. Yeah. I if I don't have to take anything, I'm not taking anything. But if I have to take something, I'm taking the under. Okay. Are you are you gonna make me take an over or under? I'll do yeah. it. Fuck it. Okay. No, yeah, I'll do it too. Okay, so I mean, I'm I'm with you on the uh, the Texas uh, covering aspect of that. I and I, I think we both called Texas, you know, winning straight up in Tuscaloosa. Um, I would have liked Texas to had, you know, an even more dominant win than they already did against uh, Rice. Which right, I mean, Rice the last few years has been really bad. I think they have gotten better. Um, you know, JT Daniels didn't have a great game in that in uh in that one, which. Side tangent, he's the uh, first quarterback to start at four FBS uh, schools. So shout out JT. Goated. You know, he'll be in that record book for quite some time. Mm-hmm. I yeah, I think probably forever. I can't imagine how he did that consecutively. He never had to sit out a year. I mean, he did have the, you know, the knee injury and all that, but he never had to sit out. Good for him. What's wild is he started at two, he started games in two separate seasons for Georgia. Right. Yeah, exactly. Just in, insane. Yeah, just <laughs> shout out COVID for giving him another chance. But disavow. Not a fan. Um. Anyway. Yeah, uh, not fans of COVID, if you were wondering. No. We're not, not big No, we don't. We're, we're not on the COVID bandwagon. Um, disavow. You're not allowed on the show ever. Never going to talk you up. Um, but, um, yeah, I'm with you on Texas uh, covering that. And I, I mean, I really want Texas to win to straight up, but you know, for for our sake, for you know, official record keeping, I'm going to take Texas to cover that. And I know the over under is at fifty four and a half, just for the sake of being fun, because it's the uh, seven p.m. game on Saturday. I want this to be over. I, I I hate taking unders, overs to the moon. I'll I'll go over on that. Because even again, even if uh, you know, it's you know. What, what 28 25 that's you know that's over that's i that's definitely doable so if i if i did the math there right i think i did but i'm gonna go over for that just because i want to see it i don't want to watch another 20 to 19 game even though it was it was intriguing it was good but i want okay. i want to see a high scoring affair i do i was watching that game in the bar in downtown athens mm-hmm and I have never seen a group of 200 drunk people as united as everyone cheering for Alabama to lose. That I mean, that's that takes a special kind of hatred to be like, you know what? Texas is the least of two evils here. Yeah. Yeah. Especially since uh, especially since our guest has kind of ghosted us here. He was supposed to be yeah. on uh, 30 minutes ago. Do you want to do you want to shit on uh, Texas for a little bit before we before we go on, or we want to no, take the high no, road? No, 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 because oh. we still do have that game next year that we would like someone to come on and talk to us about. That's fair. I do want to say one thing before we go before we go on past that. Um, Is it what we were requested to say? Do you want to say that one? I was going to say the other thing. You know, go the ahead. I said. All right, so because <laughs> um, I don't know, I've never heard the thing about one of their famous alumni, but 
Um, if Bevo ever steps foot in the state, he's gonna get clapped. He's gonna get fucking done with, for uh, what he uh, tried to do Run to. Run up uh, and get done up, big boy. Yeah, stay strapped or get clapped. About. Um, <laughs> but yeah, he's gonna be steak, all that, all the different meats from that. If uh, if he uh, were to ever step foot in this state after but... what he tried to do to Aga a few years ago. Fun, fun science fact. Um, longhorn cattle is not actually good for beef. The meat is way too tough mm. because they have such a low uh, body fat percentage. And the only reason Ooh, longhorn cattle were popular in uh, central Texas is because they don't need as much water to thrive as mm -hmm. other breeds of cattle. So what do they use it for? Like leather? Mascots. Oh, uh, yeah. See another, another fucking useless animal. You can't so eat like it. One gnats point. and mosquitoes and mm -hmm. flies and all the other shit we have in Savannah. Mm -hmm. Um, <laughs> yeah. And just just because we did get ghosted um, on our guest today, horns down forever. It should not be a penalty. Kirby Smart should be able to do a horns down to the Texas quarterback in his face and not get penalized for it. Right. But not every not every program can be as weak as Florida, Texas, and Ohio State. It takes a special mm -hmm. it, For real. Did you see, uh, before we go on, did you see, like, one other thing about this game? Um, I know it was a big, you know, point of contention last year that – the uh, Alabama band didn't travel with them to to Austin because their tickets, you know, they're seated way up in like the, you know, the upper deck 300 level um, and uh, Alabama returned the favor. I don't know if if Texas is bringing their band with them, but they're they're allotted tickets. They're 500 tickets or 5000 tickets or whatever are way up in the nosebleeds at Brian Denny. I think it's hilarious. I'm all for it. Good. I, I'm yeah, I'm I'm thrilled that, you know, Petty Petty Wap. Yeah, I, you know, I really do think that if Texas had not done that last year, Alabama would give them the normal respect of having the mm -hmm. lower level seats. Yeah, um, absolutely. Because Alabama does that for every other team. But, mm -hmm. I, I mean, I, I say this all the time, uh, mostly lovingly to, to my wife and friends. Asshole is a two-player game, and I am better than you. <laughs> Yeah, no, no one, no one's gonna out Petty, Petty King. No, no, absolutely not. Mm -hmm. Um, so those are our picks for the games that we're going in depth on. I mm -hmm. do have, I think we both have a number of other bets mm -hmm. that we really like and that we are putting money on this week. I mm -hmm. mean, that's specifically like this segment is going to be every week what I'm actually putting my own personal money on. Mm -hmm. Um, so first one off the top, Notre Dame at NC State. Um, NC State's quarterback is Brendan Armstrong of Virginia, D level fame, I would say. Um, yep. he wasn't great at Virginia last week against their no name school. He also wasn't great. Um, and if we saw anything from Notre Dame over the last two weeks, including that game against Navy, where all Navy does is run, Notre Dame has a very good passing defense, and Sam Hartman looks 
very good in their pro style <clears throat> offense. So Notre Dame, take the seven and a half points. If you can buy it down to six and a half, it's even better. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I really like the Notre Dame seven and a half. Yeah, that sounds good to me. If you didn't take it, I would have. So next one, App State at UNC. Last year, UNC traveled to App State to get. Did they lose, or was it just a close game? They, it was a close. It was a close game because that game was right after uh, App State uh, upset A and M. I think it, I think it came down to the last play. Like it was a one possession game at least. I don't think it went to overtime, but it was it was damn close. So my pick for this game over fifty eight. If you've listened to us for a long time, you know my opinion is life's too short to take the under. Mm-hmm. Um. But these are the moments when I'm telling you that in this segment that I truly believe to take the over. And I'm about to tell you why. App State gave up 24 points to Gardner-Webb last week. Gardner-Webb, FCS team, granted they made the FCS playoffs last season, but got bounced in the first round. Mm -hmm. Drake May has already shown a propensity to turn the ball over with two interceptions against South Carolina's mid-defense last week. I expect this one to be closer than... South Carolina and North Carolina just because South Carolina possibly has the worst offensive line in college football this year. I don't I I don't even know the line. I don't care about the line. Take over. Take the over. That's it. So so I, I looked back at it. So this is gonna make uh people that are gonna ride with you even better feel even better about this. So if you didn't remember last year's score, I like I, I correctly said North Carolina did win. Do you remember the score of that? Or do you want to take a guess at the score? 45-48. More. 56-52. More. Oh, good Lord. I have no idea. It was 63-61. If you don't take the over, you're losing money. And you should slap mm-hmm. yourself. <laughs> and slap your mama. Uh, I don't know about that. I'll slap your mama if you don't take the over. Oh, <laughs> All right, so this next one, pretty straightforward. Stanford at USC. Take the over of 70. And if you want to make money week in, week out, just take the USC over every week. The team over or the uh, total? Total. Okay. One, their defense is awful. Mm-hmm. Two, their offense is very good. Facts. They can the over by themselves back-to-back weeks week zero week one they hit the t they hit the cumulative over with just their points it's impressive take the over take the over over 70 that's a lot stanford stanford is garbage i mean as as we've and everybody's talked about i mean they're lucky to have an fbs program at this point uh the acc threw them a lifeline they wanted the academics. Mm-hmm. Yeah, who who doesn't want to see Duke and uh, Stanford play Pac-12 after, or ACC after dark? Okay. Duke was entertaining on Monday. It, Don't you it, hate on Duke? Yeah. yeah what, what, what's the... Uh... Yeah, 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 that's fair. I, I, I shit you know what? Ent- entire tangent here. 
The reason no one takes Duke football seriously is because their professors don't give homework extensions to quarterbacks that lead the largest victory in 50 years. Mm-hmm. That's the most – isn't that the most Duke thing ever, though? Like, oh, no. Yeah. No. Well, did you see what the professor said? He said uh, the uh, offensive lineman said they were able to work it out or whatever. So he, so he he threw the offensive line under the bus, if that, if that is true. Okay. They weren't all in one, one uh, cohesive you – know. Two questions. Two questions. Um, Were they starting offensive linemen? I feel like that's a fair question. That is a fair question. I do not know the answer to that. Um, And two, were they able to actually get off the field because Riley Leonard missed his press conference because he couldn't get out of the mass of people? (laughs) That I also don't know. I know I just saw the the, the post-game thing where he asked for the extension of whatever that was. Whatever professor it is, you suck. He looks like a fucking Duke professor too. I just the the skill I've seen of him, so or saw of him. I mean, if we're being honest, he probably thinks he is uh, real high and mighty because he's a uh, like I don't know intro to marketing professor. <laughs> he's a freshman, uh, 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 what sur- surveying course or some shit like that. I know he's not a freshman, but. That new quarterback is good, though. I, Super My wife like, picked him up in the uh, in the fantasy league right after that game. Good for her. Shout out, shout out Kelsey. Kelsey out here making moves. All right, last bet <laughs> of mine that I am putting my money on. Auburn at Cal, Pac-12 after dark, 10 p.m. kickoff. You've got nothing better to do because the UFC title fight doesn't start until about 11.30, 12.00. Take the over of 53 and a half. I know my picks are full of overs, but this is really what I'm putting my money on this week. So Mm. Cal gave up 21 points to North Texas last week and scored 58 themselves, while Auburn scored 59 and gave up 14 points to UMass. It doesn't matter who's better and who's worse. I don't have a read on this game. I don't actually know what Auburn looked like last week, and considering that UMass is... Perennially the worst Division One football school in the country. I don't think it matters. No. Over under a 53.5. That's one team scoring 28, the other team scoring 24. Or no, 31-28. Mm-hmm. What, what did, how much did Auburn put up last week? You remember? 59. Okay, so they, they would have covered that on their own. Cal is yep. not, well, Cal I don't want to say Cal is not nearly as bad as them, but they're, they're not too far off. Cal scored 58, Auburn scored 59. Give Damn. me the over. Mm-hmm. Eight days of the week. All right. All right, so I have uh, I have three games that I kind of looked over. Um, I liked a lot of what you did there with the Notre Dame, NC State, App State, UNC, uh, for sure. But I'm going to throw one out here. I, I haven't really taken many uh, underdogs uh, yet, but Vandy money line at Wake Forest. Uh, Vandy's a 10-point underdog in this game. I'm so confident that Vandy's going to actually win. I'm going to take that money line. The uh, odds for that are plus 325, so 3 to 1 plus some on that if you uh you know sprinkle a little bit on that. Um it's in Wake Forest, I mean so not the most intimidating environment in college football. No, they don't have Sam Hartman either. I don't And it, Vandy has looked good in back-to-back weeks. Mhm. Put up 59 points last week, I think it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, something like that. They, they, 
they got their shit together, even after losing Ray Davis and and, and all that. And some, uh, and, and you know, uh, the uh, quarterback Mike Wright, Mike Wright. Um, Not Mike wrong, Mike Wright. Yeah, <laughs> never forget it. with the with the dub. Um, now we just are, but uh, yeah, Vandy money line is plus three twenty five. Hit that. I feel confident in that. And if even if you don't feel confident in them just winning straight up, ten points is a lot, especially for for you know a wake wake forest to be a ten point favorite. It seems off. Something's weird there. So I'm gonna go. I'm gonna take the bait. Go Vandy money line there. Like it. All right. Uh, next, I got uh, the Iowa Iowa State, and this is again for the uh, the sickos out there. And I'm not doing the under because you want to take a guess as to what the over under is on that. Um, last year it was 32 in the under hit. Yeah, this year it's 36. Oh, so it's gone up a little. Went up. Mm-hmm. And I, again, I have absolutely nothing to back this up. Um, Iowa. Um. And they do have Kate McNamara, Eric All. I mean, they they should be better. Um, last week, and I think we talked about it. I think the point total is twenty five. The uh, Iowa Iowa team has to average twenty five points a game. That can be offense, defense, all of that altogether. They have to average twenty five points a game for uh, Brian Ferentz to keep his job, the offensive coordinator at Iowa. And again, Iowa State is, doesn't necessarily have a great defense. I uh, they don't have a great defense. But the uh, over under over under is at thirty six. I'm taking the over on this because thirty six is insulting. Thirty two is insulting. And I can't imagine for again for everybody's sake watching that game that it's a punt fest and all that. Thirty six is not is not that much. It's not. I mean, there's a reason why. And I bet a bunch of people are taking the under on that just because you know wouldn't it be funny? Look at this shit. But I'm gonna take the over just to. To zig where everyone else is zags, or however you say that that uh that term. So fun fact about uh the Cyhawk game last year, the over under like I said was like twenty eight thirty two somewhere around that. Mm-hmm. I took the under and put a decent sized amount of money on it for me, mm-hmm. and I won. Yeah. Because both of these teams are awful. The saving grace for this over 36 is that Iowa gave up 14 points to a Utah State team that won two games last season. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know if I'm I don't know if I'm with you, mm-hmm. but I will definitely be keeping an eye on this one just to know if I can bet the over in other Iowa games this year. Yeah. And that's fair. Certainly. I mean, would I ever? Would I really watch this game? No, because I value my time. But just a you know, just a you know, you know, bet and pl- uh, pray type principle. You know, go to sleep, take a nap during it. Um, I'm it sure the game is on. Thirty game. Ew! I was gonna say, I'm like, I, I would almost bet that's not a big noon game, but that's a noon game like the on the Big Ten Network. So that's gross. Is, yeah. is it? Is it in Ames? Um. Yes. Oh, okay, well, that's why. So it's not going to be on the Big Ten Network. But still, I'm taking the over because for everyone that's watching that, for their sake, I hope it's over. And Brian Ferentz's uh, uh, sake. Because I don't think, you know, Kirk does, definitely doesn't want to fire his his baby boy there. I'm going to be honest. I hope it hits the under and they are forced to fire it. Because I talked about it a few weeks ago. Iowa just needs to burn the entire program to the ground. Mm-hmm. Like pull scholarships, give them self the death penalty, 
because they deserve it after what they've been forcing people to watch over the last few years. And do you, and I haven't seen anything about it. Has there been any kind of resolution about like suspensions for the, the gambling stuff that both teams had in the off season? I think all of the players were suspended four games by the program pending NCAA. Oh, okay. But you know how the NCAA is. They have no balls. If you proactively suspend people, they're going to be like, okay, that's fine. Yeah, you, you did something. Um, yeah. I mean, I think I don't even think Carolina uh, that the NCAA has come up with a uh, resolution on the the kid that transferred to North Carolina. They yeah. didn't. <laughs> the season started. <laughs> yeah. So he's just sitting there in limbo. Well, they did deny his uh, his transfer waiver, and then he submitted an appeal because uh-huh. one of the times he transferred, he never actually played a snap at the school. He redshirted. Mm-hmm. So why mm-hmm. it doesn't why it counts towards his transfer but not his eligibility doesn't make sense to me. Mm-hmm. Well, like uh, um, Eric Gilbert did the same thing. Like, didn't he go to Florida for like a couple weeks and then transfer to Georgia? Yes. Yeah. So yeah, then he was able to play. Granted, well, not much. He, he, he had play. committed to Florida, but he didn't actually get accepted by the university. Oh, okay. That makes sense then. All right. Um, all right. So last one for me. Uh, Oklahoma is a 16-point favorite over Southern Methodist, and again, another ACC or new ACC school next year. Um, Getting zero percent of the money from the ACC. Yeah, for the next what we said nine years or yeah. their first nine years. That shit still blows my mind. It how. Yeah, like you said, any any money that they would have got from the AAC would have been better than no money from the uh, ACC. So, whatever. Um, that's, you know, their loss, ultimately. But they're going to have better games to go to. Even, I mean, I can't imagine wanting to go to any AAC game, especially if, like, Central Florida and Cincinnati and all them aren't in it. But, anyway, no one wants to hear that. But um, I'm taking the uh, Oklahoma to uh, cover the 16-point. Uh, uh, spread there and I think we may have mentioned it last week um, if not you've probably heard it somewhere else uh, you know three different teams put up over 70 points Oklahoma was one of them and actually I think Oklahoma and Oregon you know both went over 70 last week the last time that multiple teams went over 70 uh, Oklahoma and Oregon also did that like this like what five years ago or something like that or it was probably it was probably the beginning of the 2019 season when uh, Jim Harbaugh did that mm-hmm. for three weeks straight, and then I put money on Jim Harbaugh to do that, and he won by one point against the Maryland team that didn't go to a bowl game. Um, yeah, that seems still, about right. Still, still kind of pissy about that one, if I'm being mm-hmm. honest. <laughs> you think Jim Harbaugh should get the death penalty for that? No, I think he should. Like he should have already served this four game suspension for yeah. <laughs> for that shit right there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Messing with messing with your money. Uh, don't mess with but, my money. Yeah. Don't mess with my sleep. Mm-hmm. Or your air conditioning. Or my air conditioning. Which, we, by yeah. the way, shout out to myself. It actually works better than it did before. Hell yeah. And I there have no fucking clue what I'm doing. <laughs> it's praying and spraying. Whatever you need on there. Um, But, uh, yeah, like I said, I'm going to take the... Uh, uh, Oklahoma to cover the 16 point spread there. They put up over 70 points. SMU, um, to be to be perfectly honest, I don't know shit about fuck about SMU. 
Um, they lost Tanner Mordecai to uh, Wisconsin. Um, and honestly, I really don't care to put much of an effort into SMU. But 16 points with Oklahoma showing a pulse on defense because they shut out Butch Jones and uh, Arkansas State last week, then put up 73 points. That's a, obviously a huge, <laughs> huge uh, point differential there. Thoughts but and offense is clicking. Butch Jones. What's up? Thoughts and pairs to Butch Jones. For real. I mean, he, he apparently doesn't have five-star hearts in that team either, which is tough. You know what? He does have a champion of life, though. That player mm-hmm. that came up and consoled him on the sideline is a champion of life. Forever. Um, a damn good uh, wolf or whatever the fuck their mascot is. That's a great question. I'm going to look it up while you're while you're going here. It's a rat. I think it's a red wolf. That could be. Red that wolf could be sounds mistaken. right. Red yeah, I think weird. so. It's some kind of doggy looking canine, whatever. Um, but yeah, I've taken Oklahoma, covered the 16 point spread. Offense is clicking, defense is clicking. Um, Skeletor is doing something right there, at least early on, uh, before they get to the Big 12, Big 12 schedule. So um, I feel good about that. So we picked a shit ton of games. <laughs> we did. Are you keeping up with all of these? Yeah, if you want to look oh, at it, I, I got the uh, official. I got the official doc there. I highlighted all of our uh, picks um, there, so kind of keep track of that. We'll let you guys know how we do next week. Um, I probably mentioned on Monday. Uh, John went five and one last week. One on uh, Utah, uh, the Florida State, the over and uh, just picking them straight up. Washington and the over, you want all that. The only loss you had was USC, which I lost that game, and I also lost the uh, – no, I don't know. I, I went four and two. I went four and two. You picked oh, LSU. I said, oh, I did. That's right. Oh, that's right, yeah. LSU, USC, let me down. Never again. Yeah. No, I I'm, – I'm done with LSU for the season. Mm-hmm. Period. Unless they play I mean, another nobody and have only a five point spread. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, you know, like Brian Kelly said, they, you know, they went out there, thought they were the uh, two time defending national champions, and they are not. Definitely not. I, I think that was hilarious that that was an actual quote. Mm-hmm. So he said they were going to beat the shit out of Florida State or something along the lines of that, or kick their ass or whatever. And he denied it, and then the audio came out that he did, in fact, say that. So he's a shitty liar, shitty person, and he gets whatever whatever he deserves. And he has a shitty southern accent, but good lord is his dry humor top-notch. <laughs> what, did we, said, what did he say? In favor of executing his entire team or something? One of the best football quotes of all yeah. time. <laughs> Your team didn't execute. Yeah, I'm in favor of executing the entire team. All right, guys, I think we're going to go ahead and move on to calling the dogs here. And I think I got the audio worked out this week, so let's try it. All right. All right, before I start talking about Ball State, I just want to give a message to any Florida fans out there who might be listening because I know how you feel. It can be hard to go out for your first game of the season and just get absolutely humiliated in that fashion by a third-string walk-on quarterback, no less. So I just want to offer you some words of encouragement right now. <laughs> oh, man, that was too fun to watch. All right, let's talk about Ball State, shall we? Ball State, I hope you're afraid right now. I hope you are shaking in your boots right now. 
And it's not just because you have to come into Sanford Stadium and face the number one team in the country, the back-to-back national champion Georgia Bulldogs. And it's not even because you weren't the team we wanted to face. We wanted to face somebody who's actually capable of winning football games, not somebody who's had seven out of eight losing seasons in a conference that makes the Sun Belt look like the SEC. No, that's not why you should be scared. The reason you should be scared is because last week we played a game in which we won by six touchdowns and still didn't play up to our standard. Which means that instead of us coming off high after a dominant performance, coasting our way through this game and giving you a chance to can't state us and actually come out of this looking decent. Okay, guys, I just discovered that I was the only one that could hear that. So that is 100% my bad. Um, we're going to try that again. Uh, because I may or may not be dumb. It worked on the podcast version of it last week, or last time. Yeah, I inserted the audio later. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so we're going to... Before I start talking about Ball State, I just want to give a message to any Florida fans out there who might be listening, because I know how you feel. It can be hard to go out for your first game of the season and just get absolutely humiliated in that fashion by a third-string walk-on quarterback, no less. So I just want to offer you some words of encouragement right now. (laughs) Oh, man, that was too fun to watch. All right, let's talk about Ball State, shall we? Ball State, I hope you're afraid right now. I hope you are shaking in your boots right now. And it's not just because you have to come into Sanford Stadium and face the number one team in the country, the back-to-back national champion Georgia Bulldogs. And it's not even because you weren't the team we wanted to face. We wanted to face somebody who's actually capable of winning football games, not somebody who's had seven out of eight losing seasons in a conference that makes the Sun Belt look like the SEC. No, that's not why you should be scared. The reason you should be scared is because last week, We played a game in which we won by six touchdowns and still didn't play up to our standard. Which means that instead of us coming off high after a dominant performance, coasting our way through this game and giving you a chance to can't state us and actually come out of this looking decent, what's going to happen is our guys are going to come out on the field hungry to prove themselves. Hungry to stomp you guys into the ground until your head coach, whatever his name is, Looks like Butch Jones out there crying on the sidelines. And as you try to hand us your little privilege checklist and run away to your safe spaces to make yourself feel better, you're going to come to a quick realization that everyone who's whining and crying about Georgia's cupcake schedule is talking about you. So I hope y'all are ready for the whooping of a lifetime because it's coming and there's only two things you can do about it. Nothing and like it. So go dogs and boo whatever your mascot is. I don't even know. All right, guys. That was, once again, Caleb Tillman coming through for the Calling the Dogs segment. I will say, if you didn't hear it on the stream, my bad. We're, we're still working through some kinks on there. <clears throat> um... But if you go to the audio version on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcast, you will hear it. That is a guarantee. But if you would like to come in and participate in the Calling the Dog segment, or if, as we hope you are, you're drunk and obnoxious after a victory, after a close win, after a disappointing victory, call us, 678-465-8020. And we will play your voicemail on the podcast.
podcast. We will try to get it on the stream. I am technologically illiterate, so I am doing my best here. Um, but we will get it eventually. Give us another couple of weeks. So, do you have anything else of week two that you're trying that you'd like to talk about? You're muted. Sorry, I think <laughs> just one last one last thing about uh about uh, Georgia there. So they're I believe on BetUS they're a forty two and a half point favorite. Again, mm-hmm. I think we we had talked about it before, but especially I mean I, I I'm more comfortable with betting on Georgia than you are. I will not do it in these uh these throwaway cupcake non conference games just because Kirby's not out there to embarrass anybody. So if you are planning on betting the uh, spread, don't. I think it will be closer to that spread, but I, I forty two and a half is a shit ton, so don't do it. I yeah, if, I, so I will say if you are going to bet on Georgia as far as this week goes, the current right now line on Bet US, which you can get one hundred twenty five percent bonus, thirty risk free bets if you use our code. The current over-under is, did they pull it down? All right, they pulled it down. You can't even bet on it through BetUS. But earlier today, it was 52 and a half. Wow, so they think think they're going to put up 10? uh, That's what it looks like. I will say last week, the score would have covered this uh, 52 and a half. So, mm-hmm. if you feel the need to bet on the Georgia Bulldogs, then I would take the over, and that is with a question because I have no confidence. I've said mm-hmm. it before. I'll say it again. The last time I bet on Georgia was uh, first half against Notre Dame in 2019, and I bet yeah, on the first bad. half line. Mm-hmm which was, I believe, six and a half. Um, Would you like to know, if you don't remember, the score differential going into halftime? I want to say it was like 10 to 6, 9, 6, something like that. 13, 10? It was was 10 to 6. Okay. Um, So I did not make money on that, and I personally... You know, took a lot of L's that day because I thought that they were going to come out in black. I thought that they were going to come out there and own Notre Dame. thought they were going to have mm-hmm. a good offense in 2019. Um, yeah. So that was the absolute last time I stopped betting on the Georgia Bulldogs, and it's been quite literally four years. I've had a better experience betting on them, but I, I didn't do it last week. I'm not going to do it this week. But if you were so inclined, yeah, I would – if you if you had to do something, the over on that would probably be something. If uh, of course, if that comes back on Bet US, you know, before Saturday at, at noon. So I do have a couple of shout outs that I would like to um, like to talk about real quick. So my mom, being the loving, phenomenal mother that she is. Found the Southern Brewing Company nothing finer beer that they Ooh. made. 
and bought me a six pack. I am still looking for a second one so I can actually drink some because I refuse to drink any of the original six pack just because I want to have it on my shelf. Mm-hmm. Um, so shout out mom. Love you. Shout out mom. Shout out mom. Um, it is actually when I get these shelves up behind me and finally stop using a zoom background, it is going to be <laughs> on a shelf because you know, it's just perfect. Southern brewing company who uh, our friend Josh Deal actually does the uh, pro wrestling commentary at every Saturday at noon. Um, And also just a phenomenal company to work with because I've done that in the past. They made this nothing finer beer. I've heard it's great. I refuse to drink any of mine. So if you have a lead on another six pack, please let me know. Mm. And then my mother-in-law gave me an early Christmas present this past weekend. Um, she bought me a Lad McConkie jersey for Christmas, 2023 playoff edition, had the Vince Dooley patch on it. Um, Mm -hmm. and because through this podcast, she's become so much of a Georgia fan. She got so excited for football season. She gave it to me the first weekend in September instead of Christmas because she wanted me to have it and have the opportunity to wear it. So shout out Regina. Hell yeah. Shout out. Both of my moms have done great this past week. Um, Love you both because Uh I both listen. Um, Yeah. That's just a little bit of shout out that I wanted to do because I think they both absolutely deserve it. So if you want to get a shout out, I do shout out my mom and dad. They both they both listen. But as far as trying to win my uh, my heart with uh, monetary stuff or you know tangible things, Jan bought me a pair of the uh, UGA edition uh, Air Maxes. They just got here today. Oh so shit! Send me a picture. Mm-hmm. Five... Oh, I got them right here. Wait, wait, I got them right here. Because I ooh, buddy, I don't like spending money on myself, but. I have been trying to talk Kelsey into letting me get some. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they, I have clown feet. Same. But got the seventeen eighty five on the back. Uh, got the uh, the dog bones. Uh, you, I don't know if you can see it on the inside. I can kind of see it. Yeah. Anyway, send send me pictures yeah. so I can send them to Kelsey so I can get some new shoes because I they're. They're dope. They're they're a little bit narrow, so you might want to get it a little bit bigger than you normally do it. But I got skinny. Feet. Um, I got these fat, long feet. They're disgusting. But I wear twelve. Not gonna see them unless you pay for them. I wear twelves and Nikes, but my feet my feet do not represent the rest of my body. From my calves Same. from my calves down, I look like a triathlete. From my knees up. I absolutely do not. <laughs> I I'm a 13 for what it's worth, and it's hard to find shoes because there's a lot of I don't know. It's hard to find my size yeah. and anything. Same thing with hats, as I've I've talked about it at length uh, What's before. What's hilarious but... is when I was in high school, I wore a 13, and then my feet shrank. Yeah. Don't know how, but they did. Ridiculous. Um, so, anyways, to stop talking about feet. <laughs> yeah, you ain't gonna see my feet unless you pay. Or if you rate and review the show, 
<laughs> send us a screenshot. You will get a sticker or feet pics or both if you would like. Um, Mike has been offering feet pics for a long time. And that's no probably bu- no scaring people off because we continue to get rates and reviews, but no <laughs> screenshots. Um, so you can choose. If you would just like a sticker, send it to me. I'm on Facebook as Emery Picker. Instagram at the.john.picker. Or you can send it to our Instagram at nothing.finer.pod. Twitter at finerpod. Facebook group. Find us there. And YouTube. Just search Nothing Finer Podcast. We would appreciate all of the support. And also, Mondays or Sundays... And Wednesdays, sometime between 7.30 and 8, we'll let you know beforehand. We will be going live on Millions.co. Follow us there. We will be putting up some merch here soon. So, as always, guys, remember, there is nothing finer in the land. And I'm not just a Georgia fan.